Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's the revenge game you've all been waiting for. Xavier Woods against his former team. Hey, this is Ariva San of the Wide Left Substack, always reminding the Lukes to wake up. <laughs> and I'm Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings. I will never wake up. Vikings Panthers preview today on the Minnesota football party. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. Welcome in on a Thursday on the Minnesota football party on locked on sports, Minnesota. Thank you so much for joining us. You just met Arif Hassan of Wide Left. You met Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I'm Sam Ekstrom, part of all the shows here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. And thank you all on the Locked On Vikings audio feed listening to this show. Again, you can find this show on Locked On Vikings, the Luke Braun feed. Thank you, Luke, for letting us take over your uh, little <laughs> Locked On Vikings village. We appreciate that. Uh, plenty to get to today, guys. The Adam Thielen revenge game and Xavier Woods. We'll get to him, too. He matters. Uh, gripes with Quazy. I'll give you guys some options. We'll talk about that. Will we see the debuts of Dalton Reisner and Cam Akers? That's definitely noteworthy as the Vikings try to get their first win. And we'll hear from Ron Johnson later in the show, making his weekly Thursday appearance. Uh, before we get into all of that, a reminder that today's show is presented by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thanks to our everydayers who watch the show all week long. Subscribe to our YouTube channel on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. We really appreciate that. We're also on the SXM app, Amazon Fire, Roku, and soon the News On app via a 24-7 live stream. Arif and Luke, Let's talk Adam Thielen. Why not? Let's talk Adam Thielen. Sure. He's in Carolina after a decade in Minnesota, and he plays the Vikings on Sunday. I mean, we hit on all the Adam Thielen talking points uh, during the offseason, but let me ask you this, and this is stemming off of a conversation Inman and I had yesterday on the party. Arif, how is life without Adam Thielen now that we're three games into it? How does it feel? How do you think it's going without a staple in the Vikings offense for a decade? Uh, I mean, when you put it like, when you add that last sentence, I almost feel bad, but it's great. Uh, <laughs> things are good. Uh, woke up fresh. I'm happy, healthy in my lane, moisturized. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, like, so Jordan Addison obviously has been very productive, you know, 60-yard game, 60-yard game, 50-yard game. That's not like a bad place to be. Also, from a Vikings perspective, he's a little bit more cost-controlled than Thielen was, which, you know, that's its own discussion. 20 million, thing, you know, 2 million. Yeah. Cost uh, a first-round pick, though. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Different cost. The, the the excess value, I think, over contract is worth more than, I think, a first-round pick. So I would say, so far, it's been worth it. Um and, uh, you know, if K.J. Osborne could hold on to the ball just a little bit better, you could argue that this is a fairly underrated three-receiver group compared to some of the more, uh, these are Paul Allenward, Ballyhood receiver groups across the league. That is a Paul Allenward. Very nice. Ballyhood. Luke Braun, how's life? How's life 
Sans Adam Thielen, three games Hey, in. you know, the Vikings are 0-3, but so is Adam Thielen. So I guess it's a wash. <sighs> and he's right? a worse 0-3. That matters. He's a worse 0-3. Feels worse. Take that, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, JT O'Sullivan hates him, which is very funny. I was going to bring that up. Exposure. That is, it is extremely funny. Like he that's the extent of my exposure to Adam Thielen's time in Carolina is JT O'Sullivan just being like, come on, 19, get your, 19? what are you doing? Throwing your, <laughs> you know, the, like when he won't call a player by his name and he's just like, come on, 19, yeah, so, like 85 like, so in first... Chicago. Yeah. Oh God. He hates 85. But <laughs> update me on this. Update me so, okay, on this so... JT O'Sullivan thing. So you, uh, so you know that JT O'Sullivan has been doing uh, YouTube. I know what he does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Really mm -hmm. fantastic stuff. Massively increased his production this past preseason and regular season. More videos. I don't know how he's doing that. It's insane. It's I have insane. no idea. Um, it's wonderful stuff. I try to catch all of it, but now it's so much content that I can't. But I have been watching the Panthers ones both in the preseason and the regular season. And uh, you know he breaks. He likes Bryce Young a lot. He breaks down all the rookie quarterbacks, he breaks down Bryce Young. And in the preseason, he's talking about like, yeah, this guy's not getting open. Come on. How can you run a route like this? And and he just like digs in on Adam Thielen, like almost every other play. It's phenomenal. The first time he did it, he only called them 19. And I was like, does he know that that's like Adam Thielen? Like that is like, that is like a lot to say. And then at the end of that video, uh, Thielen does something right. And he, and he calls him by his name. And I was like, oh my God, JT O'Sullivan really is a coach. Holy crap. The guy didn't get a name until the end of the video. <laughs> Did he yeah. do something right? <laughs> yeah. And and so like he's he's really uh upset that the Chargers are giving Adam Thielen um a ton of play, but that's more a product of like yeah. Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. it's more a product of the Panthers investment. But like, yeah, I mean he's not uh bursting out of his breaks. Uh he's relying a little bit too much on kind of the exaggerated route running that we're used to seeing from him, but without kind of the explosion that we're used to seeing associated with that doesn't really work um he freelances a little bit uh jt doesn't love that and he is very uh passionate he's passionate maybe that's the word we use uh and jt doesn't love that he does not love when receivers persistently complain on the field visibly on the film when they don't get a target in times when they're open like you know, I think the thing that really got JT, and this is, I think, uh, in the second regular season game, if I remember correctly, Adam Thielen's open on a dig. Bryce Young throws deep on a guy who's a little bit less open, but honestly, not a bad decision. And and it's a miss. And so Thielen just starts clapping. He's like, I'm open, I'm open, clapping. Uh, he does the I'm open thing during the play. And uh, JT hates that. So he tells him to go to the sideline, get Gatorade. Spent too much time with Diggs over his career. This is gold. Yeah. He's yeah. Diggs is the reason he's a diva. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was 100% not a diva until Diggs. Corrupted. It wouldn't be the only person that Diggs has been a bad influence on in his career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like the only exposure that I have to Adam Thielen, though. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with what Jordan Addison has done. He hasn't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Still getting beat by like press coverage, physical coverage and all that stuff. Got to figure out ways around that. But we kind of knew that. And I thought he was a first round pick anyways. Uh, he was my second favorite receiver in that draft. And I was wrong about the guy that was my favorite. He's not doing as well. So who's yeah, your favorite? Jordan Addison. Uh, it's missing Jigba. Oh, eh, whatever. That'd be fun. Adam Thielen seems like he might be wide receiver one in that group. 
But if I'm Carolina and it and we're two and twelve by week sixteen, I have a hard time like taking snaps away from Chenault and Marshall and Jonathan Mingo. Mingo. Well, Mingo's yeah. earning snaps and anyways. Amir Smith, yeah, Yar- Mar- Amir Smith, Marset, promising young receiver there too. I don't know. I think as long as him. you feel like Bryce Young can still like you don't want to Justin Fields him, you know. Yeah, I think that's that's part of it. It's um, like about young at that point. The one that's like tied with Jamar Chase in terms of receiving yards. It's very weird. Not that Chase is having a remarkable season aside from like the last half of the last game. Yeah, yeah weird but, stuff going on. In- yeah, but like um, he's got 200 plus yards. It's not like he's having like a bad production season. It's just it's it's been very difficult to make it work in a way that is just not difficult with um, a bunch of other like high quality receivers like it's not difficult obviously to throw to justin jefferson but also like addison has not made it particularly difficult there's like serious deficiencies in his skill set but there's just ways to use him that make the play easy and for thielen that's just that that doesn't exist every every throw to him is like a high precision very difficult kind of process which is not great Part of why I'm really happy with Addison too is that I mean, right off the bat, he's running routes at the right depth, and he's. I, I, I know that that's kind of a low expectation, but I think for a rookie, like just I mean, being even Osborne sound, doesn't do that all the time. It's crazy, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't. Like I think DJ Hawkinson messed up like two or three of them in that Chargers yeah. game. Um, I'm kind of guessing there, but somebody did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that for a rookie is something that typically I don't like expect right off the bat. Like, Hey, it takes a little bit of time to get yourself like super assignment sound. That's totally fine and to be expected. But if you can be assignment sound by week one, that's awesome. I just, I'm so encouraged that the early returns are this positive because more often than not, the early stuff means they're that it's going to stick, right? Like Laquan Treadwell, the early returns were so poor and never got better. Cordero Patterson took like he was a super late bloomer to to do anything besides special teams or gimmick plays. His, um, yeah, his early returns were like clearly not sustainable. They were fun, right? They were clearly 2013 not, was like, so fun. Yeah. Um. But all the best Vikings receivers of the last twenty years have popped right away, and that stuck. Except Moss, for Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen didn't. Yeah. Again, yeah, Thielen that's, had, that's maybe the one exception. He had the slow burn. He's the exception to the rule. He was very linear in his progress. Um, but I guess I should say maybe to use a Paul Allen word, the ballyhooed receivers um, mm. who pop right away typically stick. So as long as health isn't an issue for Addison, which I still worry about, it feels yeah, like this is going to stick. Now, if you ever give him 80 snaps in a game, you're not going to be able to run to his side of the field. I mean, he is really bad in run blocking, but I think that's the price you pay for the efficiency and the explosion that he offers you off the line of scrimmage. I love the way he runs routes. He's got some of the best feet that I think I've ever seen. I like Jordan Addison's work so far. Um, we're going to talk about Dalton Reisner, Cam Akers, whether they make their debuts on Sunday, also get into some crazy stuff. But first, let me tell everybody about Jace Medical. Uh, you never know when life is going to throw you a curveball. Let's be honest. There's a lot of unpredictability in this world. Uh, there are illnesses, stuff pops up, there's emergencies. Jace Medical makes sure that you are prepared when the unexpected 
arises. You can consult with the experts at Jace Medical and you can get a kit, a Jace case of five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use to give you that peace of mind. So when an accident happens, you are prepared. They handle that online evaluation, licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. You get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. $20 off code LOCKEDON. Don't get caught unprepared. All right. The two players we talked about all last week, Dalton Reisner and Cam Akers. Uh, I thought that KOC gave some clues this week with his language. Yesterday, he didn't exactly go to bat for Ed Ingram. He didn't give him any votes of confidence, um, didn't say, yeah, I mean, Ed, Ed's our guy, but Dalton's going to be ready uh, to go if needed. Didn't say that. Uh, he he basically nodded his head and said, yeah, we might consider a rotation um, at on the offensive line, which is to say... I, I think he was talking about practice. Well, but somewhat, or was he saying like in game we're going to go drive by drive, guard by guard? Because that's bananas. There was was a positive. That's what he. What that's what he alluded to. Because Seifert, I think, asked him that, and he didn't shoot it down, and said how hard it is to have competition. Um, you know, like mid season like this. Season, yeah. (laughs) Um, Something could have been done about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, we'll get, how we'll get to we that. How could we we'll find ourselves in this situation? <laughs> uh, but we needed to keep that roster spot for Garrett Mock. Okay, we can't. Yeah, all no. ninety are precious. Uh, <laughs> they even had an exemption. They had ninety-one. They had yeah. Junior Aho. <laughs> um, Alan Ali moment. with the twos all camp long. And <laughs> hey, Alan Ali was like kind of nice with it by the end. He was like not bad. What? Okay. Yeah. We had a moment um, with Josh Sokol. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But uh, I will say uh, there was a moment when the Seahawks experimented with platooning um, the right tackle where they would, uh, they were like, this guy's really good at run blocking. This really, guy's really good at pass protecting. What if, you know, on run plays, it, by the way, this experiment did not work out very well. <laughs> oh, my God. Derisaw did it. Yeah, sure. For his debut? Yep. He rotated? Yeah, he rotated with Rashad Hill in his first game. And then um, he got a full start the next yeah, game. Yeah, but it wasn't so like it wasn't, Jake Long. It wasn't uh on run plays versus pass plays. No, it was it was drive by drive. Drive by drive. Run, yeah. Doing that run plays versus pass plays is unhinged. So big brain. Why would That's you do so that? Galaxy That's brain. hilarious. It's like putting never catch on. The on. <laughs> um speaking of guard play. Have you guys seen the Chandler Zavala stats for Carolina? The 0.0 guard? Julian Council <laughs> told them to me on the Locked On Vikings crossover. Julian shows. Council is a great listen. Locked On Panthers. Yeah. Check that out for some crossover action. Um, but Zavala had 14 pressures allowed last week. Last that, week? If he, if he had only played that one game, he would lead all guards in pressures allowed. Ed Ingram is second in pressures allowed, by the way. That's crazy. Really, really the best of the best going on right here. Yeah. I mean, 24 pressures. Are you just looking at it now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Luke Inman pointed this out too. 
they had like eight false start penalties or eight penalties just on offense alone in that game. It was bad, 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 bad. It's uh, so bad. Julian does not think he's going to play. And he, Julian, thinks I wouldn't that they're benching him either. behind him. Fortunately for Carolina, the Vikings have no one on the interior that can generate a pressure. Jonathan, so Bullard, this is your moment. They're totally fine. Have you have you seen the he's Vikings more pressure pre- numbers? Real, real quick, he's had more pressure through three games than twenty six guards had through sixteen games last year. I know it's a seventeen game season, but that's the easier cutoff to use. Yeah, like, incredible. Ah, uh... <laughs> incredible <laughs> rookie. How does this compare? Pick. I'm gonna. I'll, how does this compare to like twenty twenty one Dakota Dozier numbers? Oh, that's good. Great question. Or Drew, or the Drew Samia sample. Twenty twenty Samia. Yeah. Samia just did yeah. not. You work enough. on that. Work on that. And then I'll just I'll spout these numbers. I write for Zone Coverage now, by the way. ZoneCoverage.com weekly piece. I wrote about the defensive tackle interior rush mediocrity. And Harrison Phillips has six pressures. Very good. Fine. Bullard, Lowry, Tonga, Roy. Zero combined pressures. Uh, <laughs> Oli Udo Fantastic. had 45 pressures in 2021. Udo, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, he, in three games, had half as many pressures as Udo had in 16. So Udo uh, famously Fantastic. was not very good at that particular job. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Not great. Yeah, 46 for Dozier in uh, 2020. So more than halfway there. He is speed wow. running of uh, a classic Vikings guard season. This is incredible. He was, like, am... he was like a steal for a lot of people. A lot of people had him rated much higher uh, than. Did he go in draft or was he like a six round pick? Fourth Zavala round pick. was a fourth. Fourth what round pick. Uh, I, I remember a bunch of people talking about, but I think he was like a, a Brandon Thorne guy too. Like it was. That's rough, man. Oh man, I had him as a third rounder. Yeah, it's that's yep. Uh, we'll take an L there. Goodness. Yeah. Well, when is it? When is an offensive lineman from NC State not worked out? Yeah, true. I'm predicting that Reisner plays for the Vikings on Sunday at minimum, rotationally, maybe the whole time. I'm also predicting Cam Akers sees the field. Um, the Kevin O'Connell Monday quote. If guys can't hang on to the ball, we'll find others who can. Probably the bluntest thing he's ever said. Yeah, he said that, but also, like, the guy leading the team in fumbles right now is Kirk Cousins, right? Like, that's... (laughs) Let's get spicy. You're not going to find someone else. Oh, it's Nick Mullins time. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think the point there, like, the only person who seems semi-replaceable who's been fumbling is Madison. Yeah, right. So it's not like they're going to be like, yeah, Justin Jefferson shouldn't have reached across the line. We're going to be starting. You're out of here. It's Brandon Powell's turn. Yeah, Brandon Powell. Powell fumbled too. So it's got to be. So it's Naylor. It's Naylor. That's right. Because on the the Christian time. Well, yeah, Naylor's on IR, isn't he? Uh, He is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's Christian time. Got to activate him again. Christian Jackson over Justin Jefferson. Let's go. Ball security, baby. Jefferson gets Wally pipped by Tristan Jackson. Yeah, I'm. 
Do you guys have a read on what the purpose of the Miles Gaskin era was? Because I it, I guess they just wanted a body in the building for insurance until Kenne. I I got don't close think you can ready. I, I, having only two running backs under contract feels like a problem uh, on your on your active roster. Like even yeah. just for like practices, that feels like untenable. <laughs> so having him there and then bouncing him from the practice squad to the roster and stuff is pretty common. That's just random roster shenanigans. Yeah. I just find it intriguing that they felt so clearly they felt significantly stronger about the Cam Akers resume than the Miles Gaskin resume for them to surrender even, you know, like a meaningless well, yeah. pick. Kevin O'Connell knows him. And yep. that's the thing that this Vikings team okay. surely prioritizes is guys that are from teams that they used to coach on that aren't very good. <laughs> this is ever, this fine. is every Dalton coaching Reisner's staff's fine. problem ever, though, right? Like this was Zimmer. It, it seems a with, little bit more pronounced. With it's like, yeah, Zimmer. they do. No, I don't like think it is. There's every a lot guy, of Shannon Sullivaning going on here. Every single like a lot of Nate Hairston's the Kubiak connection, like the Jordan Taylor right um, connection with yeah, but Kubiak that's like, and countless but, uh, others. Jordan Taylor was like one guy, right? Like no, there Zimmer, were, It was a little. It was a little extra with Zimmer. I'll give you that. But it just feels like it's a little bit more with. Um, with Kevin O'Connell and like your Brandon Powell's and your Troy readers and your Cam Akers is and, and, and technically guys. Dalton Reisner, you're right. Because the assistant offensive line coach, Chris Cooper for the Broncos. So yeah, you know, I don't know. Zimmer had Taylor Mays and Terrence Newman and um, Zimmer also had eight years. We're on year two. And I feel like it's about blow for blow. Also, yeah. also Taylor Mays was cut before a camp like that. That one seems a little unfair. No, you're totally and good memory, by the way. You're totally <laughs> right about that. But I mean, it's not like O'Connell is cutting a lot of the like he cut Bobby Evans too. It's not like they're committing to these people. Yeah, in camp, you gave Bobby Evans a chance. Hardly. <laughs> it didn't last very long. Uh I I think Akers plays. I think Akers plays. I think Reisner plays. I think they brought him in to play. Um, and I don't think when you're 0 3, you really have the luxury of just sitting on these new additions. Do you guys agree? Disagree? Akers um, should play for sure. I think if he I, does it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprising. be shocked at any of the outcomes. I wouldn't be shocked if Risner doesn't play Risner. Sorry. Doesn't play. Uh, Akers doesn't play. That wouldn't shock me. It also wouldn't shock me if they both played all the snaps. It just, you know, I just feel like any sequence of events is not just justifiable, but like foreseeable given kind of how long, you know, teams will will hold on to guys that are not playing very well, especially guys like uh, Ed Ingram, right? Because w- once you bench uh, a guard, it's like very difficult to make the case that this guy is your guard of the future. Yeah, that's like, that's calling it. Yeah. <laughs> so that like that one, I but think. Yeah, I was told the Vikings have a top five pass protection O line. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. By multiple metrics, by the way, right? Yeah, like, everybody this, agrees. This is, the Vikings are actually killing it in pass pro. So This is a composite of uh, SIS, PFF, and ESPN. Um, I, 40, 40, 20 weights, by the way. And I asked uh, Ben Baldwin, who posted this, I was like, why those weights? Why not like 33, 33, 33? Or just like, what's what was the thinking? And he's like, yeah, I just felt right. Which, you know... <laughs> He's not like, yeah, that's not one of his serious projects. It's just a thing he puts on Twitter. Like, yeah, I just kind of threw it together. All right. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, top is it fourth in pass protection, fifth in run blocking, and it's just like okay, um, it's three of them, so it's unlikely that they're all wrong. But man, how bad must Ed Ingram be for like us to notice him on a line that is supposed to be particularly mm-hmm. good? And maybe you know part of it is just that we're not assigning Kirk Cousins enough blame for holding onto the ball, right? I, I like would that. Imagine that we are, like our eye test vibes are assigning less blame to the quarterback than those metrics are. That's I think the, my guess for like the disparity. The, the problem is like as the only quarterback that the Vikings have had since 2014 that did not hold on to the ball too long was Sam Bradford, right? Because it's Kirk Cousins, uh, Case Keenum, and Teddy Bridgewater. And they all held on to the ball agonizingly long, right? And so I just think maybe uh, some of it is just that we're conditioned to think like, yeah, you can have three seconds in the pocket. What's wrong with these guys? <laughs> what, four <laughs> seconds? I could count to four pretty fast. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fast. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me let me ask you this. Okay. So top top five, not top five. However you view it, um, people gripe about the O line. Uh, the O line. They gripe about the pass rush. They gripe about the secondary. Do you believe Quazy underserved, or which of those three positions are you more bothered by the lack of effort to to rebuild or incorrectly rebuild in some cases? Uh, O-line, D-line, secondary. Offensive It's line. a pass rush for me. I I understand, like, the, the pass rush, it is it is the critical component right now of that defense. Like, and, you know, the secondary obviously could be better, but, like, the whole point of the defense is that quarterbacks can't get to their deep reads because they're going to be on the ground, right? And if they're not on the ground, you're losing. And so they haven't – so I get it. But to me, the offensive line stuff was the easiest to predict would not work out. And so it was easier for them to anticipate those problems and make investments that they did not make, right? It was easy to see that, you know, whatever was going to happen at center was not going to be great. And to Austin Schlopman's credit, he is playing way better than I would have ever anticipated. In fact, why bring Garrett Bradbury back? This dude seems to be- We're back, baby. You know, right? (laughs) It's, hey, when Joe Berger was out playing John Sullivan, who, by the way, has a much stronger record of play than Garrett Bradbury ever had. You just had to be like, yeah, I guess Berger probably should start, huh? Um, but Ed Ingram was so easy to predict that that wouldn't work out that they didn't even bring in competition. I'm not saying that for a second-year guard, they 100% had to replace him, but they didn't even bring anybody who had the shadow of a chance of competing. With the defensive line, at least you were like, hey, maybe Dean Lowry has it. Hey, Marcus Davenport can play inside. Hey, Jonathan Bullard is actually not bad. You know, like there was, there's like elements that are like, Asesio Mewo, like there was a competition along the defensive line where somebody could start alongside Harrison Phillips. And there was some chance that that would work out. Whereas no competition for Ed Ingram was shocking to me. Yeah, they doubled down on a line that was not good. Last year, they doubled down and said, we're going to bring them all back. And our only belief is that they will get better by time on task together. Yeah. Um, that was sort of the Betting line going into the season. A thing that Vikings fans most certainly will be in favor of. <laughs> uh, it's it's pass rush for me in, in particular. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely get like the O-line bringing back all five on the O-line was like, wait, you did? <laughs> OK, well, all right. 
and uh, not only all five, like all ten, like the depth too. Yeah. Uh, Reisner's the only addition that was like serious, and he was made in the middle of the season and didn't have to be made in the middle of the season, especially if you are going to have him compete with Ingram and or Cleveland or whatever. You had all you could have been doing that in camp. So waiting this long, maybe it saved them a little bit of money or something like that. I don't know what, but you got to ask is, was that worth it? And since I don't know how much they saved, I can't really answer it, but you have to ask, mm -hmm. was it worth it to kind of be in this weird on the fly situation when you could have just had like a normal camp competition? Uh, and it's not like you learned anything you didn't already know. Right. So I, yeah, I think that that criticism was one when Reisner first joined, it was one where I was like, well, I don't know if he's just here to like replace injured players. Maybe they're just not that high on him and it's not that thing, but if he's here to replace healthy entrenched starters, we should have been doing that. in yeah, they're like, yeah, let's, May. let's go back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> let's, uh, um, let's get, let's get Ron Johnson's take on this question as well. He's waiting in, in the wings. We're going to get him on the show and then we're going to do our weekly parlays. A uh, reminder to find our content on the SXM app, the Sirius XM app, find our search locked on sports, Minnesota. Also find the hometown broadcasts of your favorite local teams. Today, the twins have their home finale in the regular season, a matinee against the athletics search twins to listen to that game. First pitch at 1210. Ron Johnson joining us now on the program. He's the host of the Ron Johnson show. He's on X at three Ron Johnson and Ron will let you weigh in on this debate. We're having uh, there's three key positions that Vikings fans like to, to talk about, to harp about the most offensive line pass rush and the secondary. Uh, where do you think the, the Vikings fell short most in constructing those various position groups, O-line, D-line, or secondary this offseason? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, You're good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I, I truly believe as of now, I would go D-line, O-line, then DBs. Um, mm -hmm. I just feel like with the D-line, it's the lack of depth. Uh, yeah. The fact that you entered the season with more safeties, not DBs, safeties than you did defense alignment um I, I just didn't and then you the fact that you know you're going to three four but you cannot stop the run with the guys you have um I, I feel like there was a lack of urgency with maybe looking at who's a true outside linebacker can I kick the kneel down to be a five technique the answer is yes um he doesn't have to be an outside linebacker he could have been a a, a d lineman just smaller, but he's just as strong. I feel like he can hold up against the run. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a Daniil Hunter supporter and fan, and I think he can do everything. But I feel like he could have kicked down, put his hand in the ground, been a, like a wide five, kind of you know shading the tackle, splitting the guard and tackle, and he could have probably held up just fine. Um, and then you put like a uh, you know Harrison Phillips and whoever else, Bullard or whoever else on the other side of him. Um, I think you could have got it done, and then you could have went out and got a true outside linebacker. I know Marcus Davenport was the thought, but he hasn't been healthy. Uh, so maybe I'm misjudging what this defense could be if he was actually healthy. Uh, from an offensive lineman standpoint, that's next. I just say those interior three. Like, I think Ezra Cleveland's fine. Bradbury, I think, was fine, but you kind of knew the, the injury bug could be there. Uh, so to have a John Michael Schmidt sitting out there, when you look at uh, Pat Fline. You draft him as a center, you moved him to guard. Why not just move Bradbury to guard? Maybe that would have been a better spot for him in right guard. John Michael Schmidt could have been your starting center. He's doing he's doing decent for the Giants. 
Um, even though Daniel Jones is is a problematic problem. Um, but then and then DBs, I, you brought you brought in Byron Murphy, uh, Caleb Evans. We knew was pretty good. Uh, and then you went out and drafted guys. So I think they they kind of handled the defensive back questions. Yeah, and you know, there's a trickle-down effect too, right? So if you take John Michael Schmitz, you solidify the center spot, but you also you don't get Jordan Addison, and that leads us to the wide mm. receiver conversation. True. Uh, no, you just I asked Nick Dell. You're fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a lot of good wide receivers. Um, uh, I asked this question early in the show, Ron, but mm-hmm. how do you think life has been for the Vikings uh, without Adam Thielen for the first three games? Uh, I mean, from a leader standpoint, we know he was a great leader in the locker room. He was a great, great team first guy. He was a great community guy. Um, I'm not too sure they're missing the thing they're missing. I, this is what I'll say about Adam Thielen. He made the catches that we thought he couldn't make because of when you look at him. When you look at Adam Thielen, you don't see ridiculously great athlete. But he ran a 4-4-40. People wouldn't have thought that. He uh, was really strong and quick and twitchy. People wouldn't put him on that. Um, he was he was really good here. And so I think Adam Thielen, like his his deep over routes and he'd be covered and all of a sudden he makes the catch and you know gets up and does some weird celebration dance and then you see him in the red zone and he's just wide open somehow some way uh you see him on a deep ball on a comeback like a deep comeback guys all over his back somehow Adam Thielen makes just a two-handed strong grab and the crowd goes wild they're missing that they're missing like a, a Chris Carter move the chains guy. I'm not saying Adam Thielen was Chris Carter, but he he gave Minnesota that hope of a toe tap on the sideline, come back for a first down, uh, a guy that had a knack for getting open. When you watch him with the uh, the Panthers, he's really good at backyard football. When when Bryce Young is running for his life, Adam Thielen finds a way. When when Andy Dalton is 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 pushing his walker and he's going for his life and trying to get free, <laughs> Adam Thielen finds a way to get open. And so I think that's that's what this team a little bit you're missing. You're missing that backyard football guy that just had a knack to get open and get the ball. You mentioned uh, Andy Dalton for a second, and I think it's basically 100% that he's going to be playing instead of Bryce Young. Um, but I did want to mm-hmm. talk about Bryce Young um, a little bit just because he's had such an interesting year. Because when you like throw it on, like if you just like watch just Bryce Young and no one else, it seems like he's playing very well. Obviously, the Panthers – or not are are we concerned that this could be kind of a maybe Justin Fields situation is the wrong way to put it because Justin Fields is also not very good but it seems like he's going to be as unsupported in Carolina as Justin Fields is in Chicago do you think that that like will end up being the case or are they going to be able to like figure it out and surround him with people uh, I hope they can figure it out and surround him with people. But this is the thing about Frank, right? I don't think he truly knew what he was doing when he drafted Bryce Young. The only reason is you look at the coach where Frank Wright came from and their history of quarterbacks. They've never had a little tiny quarterback in Indianapolis. So I don't know why you draft a guy that doesn't fit any type of offense you've been a part of or you try to put together. You needed an Anthony Richardson. You needed a C.J. Stroud. And if, if you weren't going to get either of those guys or even try to, like – there, there, there had to be some other guys. I mean, honestly, that's why I think Andy Dalton fits his offense because he is a bigger pocket passing type of quarterback that can read the defense. Bryce Young, people don't understand how much Sarkeesian's offense at times helped Bryce Young with the motions, the shifts, the pre-snap reads, all the stuff he was helping with at Alabama. And that's why we look at Alabama now. We're not even talking about Alabama. We're yeah. talking about Colorado, Oregon, uh, Georgia, Michigan not talking about Michigan. Alabama. 
Michigan. Michigan's playing real Michigan. well. Michigan. Also, really? I was wrong. And I they'll guess. be here next weekend, 6.30 p.m. Uh, <laughs> there'll be a postcast late night with drinks. Join the happy hour. It's exciting. <laughs> uh, I was wrong. Also, I guess Frank Reich said uh, Bryce Young is on track to start, which shocks Yeah, he's a full given. participant. Yeah. He's a full yeah. participant. He uh, just went up be. in front of the media, too, and said, yeah, last week was a different perspective. Ready to get back out there. Yeah, and that's honestly, crazy. I would rather have Bryce Young than I would. I think that's a good feeling of a lot Andy of Vikings Dalton. people. Um, yeah. And this is the reason. When you think about Brian Flores' <laughs> blitz packages, I, I actually, I got a chance finally. I met Brian Flores yesterday. Uh, I was in the Vikings facility shooting a winning formula in the lottery pick. If you guys go to Vikings.com or on X, uh, you'll see it. My lottery pick was Alexander Madison. And I, I'm getting chastised on the internet right now because people think that was the dumbest lottery pick ever. I just feel like the Panthers' defense with the lack of uh, of linebacker depth, or sorry, uh, health, and some of their D-linemen being injured, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like this might be – and we know last week he he's the first five plays or runs. I feel like Kevin O'Connell is trying to like make a statement and get the run going. Um, so that's the only reason I pick Alexander Madison. So uh, people leave me alone on Twitter. It's not my fault that I had to pick somebody and I pick Alexander Madison. It's not Madison. my fault I had to pick somebody. <laughs> Everybody's well, chastising I mean, like, me on Vikings Twitter like, oh, like, that's I not it. it. This is not like, it. That's not the pick. Xavier Woods is hurt. Frankie Louvu is hurt. Shaq yeah, exactly. IR. I know where you're be the Alexander from. Madison yeah. game for 105 yards. 105 yeah. yards is a, is, a, is a lottery pick game for him. But back to, back to meeting Brian Flores, he and I got a chance to chat quick um and and before i had to go on air but we we talked about tom moore we talked about the buccaneers he talked about his stay with the patriots he talked about his time with mike tomlin and in that short time um i got a lot of thought processes through him some i can't share um the ones i will share his defense it's it's truly predicated on guys doing the right thing and when i say that i mean you can't always think because he's blitzing and the guys don't get home, it's his fault. It's not his fault. If you rewatch, maybe two guys ran into each other. Maybe a guy just runs right into a blocker versus just trying to swim him and take an edge. So if he can create that kind of chaos and confusion for Bryce Young, I think Bryce Young is going to maybe, this might be a game where, where Harrison Smith or Cam Bynum finally gets a pick or two um, because he, he can't see. So if he is under pressure and he's like, okay, I think – I have a guy running a, a dig route. I'm going to just throw the dig. Harrison Smith or Cam Bynum should be there because he can't, like, he won't be able to see. Now, the other negative, and we saw this happen, uh, what was it? I think it wasn't Baker Mayfield. Who who beat Daniel Hunter on that, got outside of Daniel Hunter when he could have had a sack? What, Jalen? Baker, wasn't it? Was it Baker? In, in week one? It was Baker. It was um, Baker. So, yeah, so when you think about that, like, and Baker's not a runner. Bryce Young is a runner. So if Daniel Hunter does do that and doesn't, you know, set the edge, yeah, it was Baker because then Baker uh, ran into, I forgot yeah. who, and said, get your weight up, son. Get your weight up. Uh, get the weight Can room, you imagine Bryce Murphy. Young saying that? Can you imagine <laughs> Bryce Young? Say, get your weight up. <laughs> yeah, also, this should be noted. So, like, uh, Hertz is cra- uh, Hertz and Herbert are both crazy strong, right? The Vikings at times would get an arm or a hand on them during the pass rush. Obviously, yep. wouldn't turn into anything. But if you do that to Bryce Young, he's spinning like a top. I just feel like. Yeah, and that's that's the key. Like, if you can get back there and just get to him, you know, hopefully he doesn't know enough of this offense um, to screw it up. The other good thing is Adam Thielen has no idea about Brian Flores' defense, so there's no intel he can give his offense. But Adam Thielen can help the offense or sorry the defense for the panthers and what mm-hmm. they can do to confuse kirk cousins because he knows everything about what frustrates kirk he knows everything about what 
uh, Kevin O'Connell possibly does. And so I'm looking forward to this week to seeing, like, is there going to be some wrinkles within this offense pre-snap uh, that to try to make it like, here's something you've never seen before, Adam. So good luck trying to tell them about us. Um, but yeah, that that that's my thought on the whole Andy Dalton versus Bryce Young. I, I, I don't want to see him get outside the pocket because this is where that deep this defense gets hurt because they put so much energy into the rush. They don't have guys enough guys back there to cover long enough. Ron, so I was doing a locked on crossover with locked on Panthers and I asked Julian Council over there. So what do you do about JJ? What, what's the plan? And he could not conjure an answer. Mm -hmm. He had no idea. There's just nobody yeah. there that feels like even remotely you could trust. I don't know. Do we double him? Do we triple him? I, do you have any sense for what we might see from the Panthers as they try to approach Justin? Yeah. yeah, it's like if I were to ask you, Luke, like if you were to go into a ring right now with Mike Tyson at the age of 50, whatever he is, what will be your plan versus Mike yeah, Tyson? Sometimes the answer is die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just show up and go, I'm dead now. Okay. <laughs> Well, the answer I hoped you would say is you just run around the ring until the bell dings and then <laughs> make it to the next round. Hide. Just He's run. a lot more fatalistic than that. I, yeah, I'll give no, I'm, credit. Well, I'm a realist. So that's what I feel like. I, I feel I'm like getting away Panthers. from it. <laughs> well, Mike Tyson is. By the way, happy birthday, Arif. Is it belated birthday? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, Luke, yeah, yeah. Luke hoped was... this was your last one, or you maybe hope this was your last one. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in alignment on that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, but, but, but the Panthers' defense—I mean, it, it's a little bit like that. Like when you walk to the ring versus Mike Tyson, you got to figure out how to stay alive. And I think I, I like that analogy, Luke. Um, so I think that's what the Panthers' defense wants to do. How do we stay alive versus Justin Jefferson? Well, we got to keep him in front of us. We have to keep him to the right of us, to the left of us. So I mean, you're going to see some triple coverage every once in a while. You'll see a press on the first guy with a guy over the top helping. You'll see a press with a linebacker underneath as well helping. Um, I, if they go man, I don't think they will a lot, but I, you have to in this day and age, it's going to happen. If they happen to go man and Kirk Cousins doesn't take advantage of it, this will be the game. If they happen to lose that people can blame Kirk Cousins for not recognizing that. And honestly, if that happens where Justin Jefferson does get man to man, even if the guy's like a step behind him and you see JJ do the, like, I can't believe you didn't throw me the ball. <laughs> it's going to get real tense around there because Owen four. And a not happy receiver who you want to extend? Does he just then go into next season under a $19 million contract knowing like I'm going to be a true free agent? $19 million is a lot of money to go for one more year knowing any other team out there has a lottery ticket for him uh, if he's not truly happy with what the Vikings are doing now and what their plans are for the future. So um, that's, that's kind of the part of it because I think J.J. is more of a winner then he is just a money grabber. You know, I feel like he truly wants to win and he wants to get to somewhere where if he does get the 160, 180 million, but is it, are we going to be winners? Because coming from LSU, he's always been a winner. And now this is the first time in a while where JJ has to sit back and say, we're really losers right now. We're like, losing. We're like losing. we are losers. So how do we, because my wife always tells my eight-year-old that like, you can't call people losers. And she, when she was younger, she'd be like, but they lose though. Like they lose. <laughs> So they're losers. <laughs> I, that's, Not that's since 2020. Really, that's a really tough logic trap to like get out of. Yeah. For like a five <laughs> to six-year-old, we were trying to explain to our six-year-old that she was six at the time. Like, you can't call those girls losers. And she's like, but we won. They lost. They're yeah. losers. <laughs> they, well, lost. They, they lose. <laughs> they're losers. We're like, no, but they're not losers. They just happen to lose this game. And so, you know, and that's that's, that's where you look one. at like the Jets locker room and Robert Sala. Everybody's saying he's a, a, a Zach Wilson apologist and he might lose the locker room. That's the fear of this whole like JJ 
who else signed a one year deal? Daniil Hunter. Mm -hmm. Like, if this losing continues, can Kevin O'Connell keep these guys on the same page and be in his corner? Um, now, the good thing for him is none of these guys are true, like, get on Twitter and tweet about their pain, but you you you'll start to feel it like you'll start to feel the tenseness around the the thing the one good thing though i'll say is everybody's excited for taylor swift coming for the chiefs game like it's 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 <laughs> it's almost inevitable she's gonna come because she supported him in new york i mean why not come to the ball america uh and so she yeah, played so, u.s bank stadium before i don't i think so for the concert oh, yeah. She, yeah she did she play u.s bank yeah caller went yeah did yeah, she Ranger. play the u.s bank stadium come uh, on i don't know if it's my, a huge deal though. My understanding is that her concert schedule won't allow her to attend the uh, Vikings Chiefs game. Oh, I think I wow. did not look she, up. Let me be. I thought she was done with shows. No, I don't know. It's still on tour. Okay. Look, I'm I'm not the fact checker on this one. Someone Somebody go to whatever like, stadium she's performing at for that Sunday. Give the whole stadium COVID so she has to go to Minnesota. Cancel the concert. <laughs> it takes one. We will give her the halftime show. She can have halftime. I mean, she's already been promised the Cancel suite the mascot game. Gay fan suite. Imagine uh, trying to give her a 12-minute halftime Quasi suite has been offered to her. I already said she can come on Vikings Game Day Live as a host. We can get rid of uh, Rosie or Don Mitchell, and Taylor Swift can be the fourth person on our panel for that pregame show. So we're, we're trying to give her whatever she wants. to. I told her she can be on Vikings okay. fan line. She can come on the Vikings postcast. Like whatever we got to do. It sounds like the Taylor NFL Swift. is one hundred percent in agreement with you. They're bending over backwards to make sure oh, yeah. that people. Travis Kelsey has a top five. Like, is it too right late now. to go back on Usher? It, That's my question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if they right, hadn't yeah, already yeah, announced Usher, thinking. I would think this was like all a big PR plan to announce. Yeah. Swift. I've I've never once had to consider whether or not there was a. Um, conflict of interest with the halftime show because if the chiefs play and she's performing at halftime man i'm just concerned i'm just concerned about conflicts of interest the whole stadium will be chiefs and swifties like that <laughs> yeah, right. it's all swift well, that's the thing is when they break up it will be a Taylor will, like will they last that long with like will a, football a bunch of swifties rooting against the chiefs in the swifties way hey let's like, let's not let's not envision that. the worst case scenario all the time luke come on i promise no, you they announce right. halftime those tickets will go to swifties Kelsey and is 100% going to have an game. album of songs about we, him, and they're not going to be good. Oh, Brittany Mahomes a, will have one, too. Have you guys have seen a, the meme of Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift? Oh, no. It's no. Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, and somebody oh. said that Brittany, <laughs> that Brittany Mahomes <laughs> was Tanya Harding. <laughs> That's crazy. And she was going to take Taylor so, Swift out because so, she's getting all so the pub. happening. My God. Um, yeah, that was man. a new one this morning. I saw. I spit my man. coffee out. It was so. That's, funny. That is so much. And it's funny too because um, the young people don't know what it means. Like you can see some of the people like that's what right. is this? Yeah. Are they ice skating? It's like no. Luke, you do you know, know what? Do you story. know what that's a reference to, Luke? Uh, Luke barely. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't lead you. It doesn't show anything but them on the ice for the Olympic trials. Like it doesn't show. Right, so it, it, it requires the. Yeah, yeah you got to know the whole story. So it's it's uh, hilarious if you know. The I will story. say we there is a fairly strong history of Taylor Swift fans purchasing tickets worth thousands of dollars. Oh yeah. So <laughs> entirely possible that if there's even a rumor that she's a surprise guest on the Usher halftime show, oh, that yeah. it's just going to be tons of Swifties. And that and rumor then, will happen. Yes. Oh, it's happening. It's going to and, happen. And, and some of them will wonder, you know, hey, where's Travis Kelsey? Because the Chiefs didn't make it this year. <laughs> so we'll say he's tall, she's tall. If they have a baby, it might be the next great basketball. Yeah, she's like 5'11". <laughs> on Dion's team. Yeah. yeah. Dion's team. There you go. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so just help me with the timeline here on Swift Kelsey, because we're talking about this now. This <laughs> Might is the as rest well. of the interview. <laughs> yeah. So, so Travis goes on the podcast and says he wanted to give her his number. Yeah, well, no, at, 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 at a concert. Yeah, on, on a friendship a, bracelet. Yeah. And then how did and then from there word got to Taylor and they got connected and he she invited knew right her to away. She just told him she doesn't like taking gifts like that at the concert or something because she didn't know who he was really. Mm-hmm. Right, so and she, she doesn't. Sure. She doesn't do any after-show things, um, so there wasn't yeah. like even an opportunity for him to do like a VIP backstage pass to talk to her. She just leaves, right? And so then she so. talked to her people, talked to his people, and then they secretly start texting, and then boom, and he invites are. her to the game. I didn't know about and, the texting. And I think I think the common thread is Andy Reid because when he was in Philadelphia, he oh. was good friends with like that whole family. Like that makes sense. Whole family. Yeah, because yeah, she's like, an Eagles, Eagles family. There's a huge yeah. Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then mm. so now uh, he's we, in camp. Like, that might be the common thread. <laughs> and the Eagles for <laughs> all you Swift that Swift. need Swifty drama and in, in storylines. Yeah. Make sure you talk to Luke Braun. He knows them all. <laughs> yeah. Man. She's he won't tell you what the fiance She knows all of it. If she was dating Jason, and I think Jason's married, so that's not going to yeah. happen. Like, but if she was dating Jason, would she wear a Jason Kelsey jersey or a DeAndre Swift jersey to the game? Oh, that's funny. Oh. I like that. She'd wear a Jason Kelsey jersey with Swift on the back. With, so, like, the number on the, the front? Number 62 the number on the front. 62 on the front. That would be such a power move. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. This, is, uh, this is way better than football. Ron, Swift Kelsey, that would be her married name. We're gonna we're gonna get people in the comments who are just mad that we talked about this at all. <laughs> and that's I did fine. a radio they hit this morning, it. and I got a Taylor Swift question. That's how out of control this is. It is. We're just gonna everywhere. lean into it. I mean, it turns out she's a bigger star than Travis Kelsey, so it makes sense. That <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> she yeah, put Travis like, Kelsey on the map. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. evidently that's like the new TikTok prank where a bunch of Swifties will tell their boyfriends that like. She they put never Travis knew who, Kelsey yeah. on the map. They never and then knew they who Travis Kelsey was. The world didn't know Travis Kelsey until Taylor Swift came along. That's so good. That's so good. I love it. I mean, from a national, national, international, like. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, sure. Like, I could see that. Like, how people many, in China had no idea who Travis Kelsey was. Yeah. And now people in China are looking at their social media like, Taylor Swift is down Travis Kelsey. Like, like calculating how many all pros he has. Versus, right. He like, could fly to like China right now and get mobbed. He never could do that before. Because he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. <laughs> I just more I can't Taylor wait. Swift talk on tomorrow's roundtable. I'm sure that'll be Ron Johnson, Julia <laughs> Daniels, myself. Can't wait for that. Ron will run the show. Ron, uh, Ron Johnson show on Tuesdays. We'll uh, look forward to that as well. At three, Ron Johnson. Thanks for joining us, Ron. We love where these conversations go. Oh man, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good stuff. It's so funny to me that Luke doesn't know the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding deal. I you definitely really knew it at some point in my life. I've just forgotten. That's probably a good thing, but it leaves you kind of behind on these very now obscure cultural references. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. You haven't seen the the I, Tanya movie with Margot the, Robbie? The, no, I have not. Oh, I would recommend watching that. It's and it might good, be actually. really entertaining for you not yeah. knowing how it ends. <laughs> oh yeah, I shouldn't look at anything. Yeah, I just go watch the film. Just watch the movie. Yeah. All right, we've reached the parlay portion of the program, and Luke Inman did not send his picks in, so we get to pick for Luke Inman again. Arif right. Hassan, Jaguars take a victory lap. You oh, get yeah. 
Look at that. You hit a big one. That's right. On Monday oh, yeah, night. I did. Eagles minus four and a half. Hertz TD cashes 300 mythical bucks at plus 190. Arif is our new leader in our parlay contest. Hey. He's got $1,270 in his bankroll. Luke Braun has 1185 I have yet to win. I'm at 800 Luke Inman is at 780 Uh Luke Braun, you begin, then me, then Inman, then Arif. Minimum $40, maximum $40 on a fan duel parlay. Maximum $400. That's probably what I meant to say. Uh, yep. yep, Luke Braun, hit me. Um. Let's look at some bets that I definitely have looked at. Uh, okay, the only one I'm looking at here, I'm, I'm just looking at the Thursday night game first. I'll take, I don't really believe in the Lions defense. I'll take Jordan Love over one and a half touchdowns. Brian Brave just for real. I don't know, man. Oh, wait. Good point. No, Can no, I do an interception? No, no, no. You've already put it in. All right. <laughs> Binding, <know> why. <laughs> Binding contract. Um, yeah. So that's your prop. For my prop, I'm going to go 49ers to score first and win at uh, minus 180. 49ers to score first and win against the Cardinals. 49ers have scored on every opening drive so far this season. And the Cardinals... three. What kind of trend is this? Three is a trend. Three is a trend. It's not a mirage. Uh, So that's uh, that's my first one. All right, uh, there's a couple that I really like, but I'm going to play it relatively safe. I'll, of course, all of these lines are meant to be 50-50, so. um, but still, I uh, I believe in the power of T-Swift. I believe. Oh, hold in... on, hold on. Sorry, this is, this is Inman's bet. We got to make Inman's bet. Oh, okay, oh well... give him the Jaguars and move on. Okay, Jags. <laughs> Jags okay. minus three, minus 110. <laughs> That was going to be mine if I didn't take the one I'm about to take. So it all works out. <laughs> the Jaguars one might be a good one, actually. I like that one. Um, but I believe in the power of, of Taylor. I believe also in the lack of power from Zach Wilson. Uh, I do not believe Trevor Simeon will save the day from the practice squad. So I'm going to take Kansas City Chiefs minus nine and a half. That's it? It's just nine and a half? Dang. Yeah. There it is. Uh, wow. Now... Yeah, and then I have to uh, grab a parlay, right? Yeah. Oh my God! There's they've got a they've got a Chiefs Jets specials prop stars. They got like a bunch of Travis Kelsey props, and they've named them funny things after like Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> Way well, to you go! Gotta go with that. Um, <laughs> I I feel yeah. Um, so seeing red is Chiefs to win by twenty two plus. I love that. I don't think I can parlay that one though. Opening act, Travis Kelsey, first touchdown scorer. Plot twist, Zach Wilson to have 300-plus passing yards. Seemingly ranch, which is an incredible meme. Travis <laughs> Kelsey, last touchdown scorer. Sam, do you know about seemingly ranch? Are these T-Swift references or not? It's I- a reference. It's not a song. So uh, I guess, what was it, two nights ago? It's um, such a good community. So, like, a, a Taylor Swift update account was like Taylor Swift, and it's all like very positive, bubbly exclamation points. Taylor Swift seen eating chicken with ketchup and seemingly ranch. And it's the whole thing. And it's just a picture of her just like eating chicken with like two sauces on the plate. Someone pointed out, actually, this is pretty good journalism because you have not confirmed whether or not it's ranch. You know, so that's, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Humble yeah. journalism. Know what yeah. you don't know. Um, 
And then there's running away together. Chiefs to have 150 plus total rushing yards, which that one uh, is a uh, plus 420, which also feels. But uh, this one's tough. Um, yeah, I, I feel I feel like I got a prop start, but I don't think I can. They're not allowing me to parlay it. I mean, unless unless yeah, we want to manually calculate it, but it's also it's a special. Yeah, it yeah, and it's a special together. Yeah. Um, otherwise, the props that we typically get are just um, are just anytime touchdown. Um, which you know, in the spirit of things, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey minus one fifty. So Kelsey. TD minus 150. So for the second week in a row, you were going to try to uh, hit a same game. Yeah, same our game. Way. Um, All right. Which, uh, the wager is, I got to tell you the wager and the odds now, right? Yeah, uh, correct. Really yeah, correct. Uh, I'm going to go back to the minimums now that I'm above 1,000. I'm going to go back to the minimums, $40 uh, at plus 178. Very good. What do you think Luke and would do right now? Uh, he tends to split between the minimum and the maximum, but in terms of what he'd pick, yeah. Um, I just feel like what's a pro Vikings prop? He bleeds. Oh yeah, no, he bleeds. It's true. I was gonna pick like a Jameer Gibbs pick for him. That one makes sense actually. I, I feel <laughs> like he would be like, "This is the time they finally get off the one score game and they win by fourteen plus." Like I feel like yeah. he would just go full optimism and slam it. I'm trying to find winning margin. Reef, do you have it? Oh, I got uh, it. Okay. Winning margin. Vikings uh seven to twelve, Vikings thirteen to eighteen, Vikings nineteen to twenty-four. What do you think? Uh was the one before uh was it something to nineteen or something to seventeen? Thirteen to eighteen. Thirteen, 13 to, 18? to eighteen. That's it. Yeah, pick that one. All right. I like the Titans as home dogs. Uh, I think the Bengals are just off right now. Titans are getting two and a half points. I'm going to go with Tennessee plus 2.5. I'm going to put 100 at 192 odds. After uh, watching Monday Night Football, I think the Eagles have reached their true powerful form. So I'm going to take a minus eight and a half. Uh, That is going to put a parlay at plus 323, but... I didn't work very hard on it, so I'll go with a responsible $50. Very responsible. All right, those are locked in. I'll send those out. Thank you for your contributions today, guys. We will uh, have the postcast after the game on Sunday. Luke Inman, Luke Braun, Ron Johnson, myself, and then we'll be back to break down everything on Monday's edition of the Minnesota Football Party. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe on YouTube, and we're also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, Reef. Thanks, Luke. I'm Sam Ekstrom saying so long on Locked on Sports Minnesota.